South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corson. Boston kid. Boston. Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the stadium scene.tv network and part of the Overtime Media crew. So we are live face-to-face in Boston, but Peter is not on the other side of the microphone. I know. I think Peter, people think Peter is here, but Peter is not. Peter's here right not now. here yet. Not yet. Joining me is Mrs. Life and Repeat in Peter's hotel room. There you go. <laughs> I'm sure people have envisioned this moment, but yes, there is a Mrs. Life and Repeat. There is a Mrs. Life and Repeat, Nikki K, Nikki HBK, the heartbreak woman. And I live the same life he leads. There is a chalk bark chalkboard on my wall and it tells me when the Raptors games are and that is the time I know my husband is unavailable. <laughs> so I I am in it as much as he is. I uh I can't say that my wife isn't in the same boat. There because, we go. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. She um she definitely uh makes sure that what are we doing this week? What what times are the games on? Yeah. I'm like, well these are the games you you definitely don't have me there available. Um yeah. So do you want to do the introduction here? Sure. I think I don't even know if I could do hidden justice, but uh, I will try to. All right. Well, let's let's give him some theme music. Now hit my music. Who is the show stopper? But you can find my work at lifeinrepeat.com. Who is the main event? The entertaining and sexy, the champion himself. Who is the man? You can bring him on. Go ahead. So we've got the main event, the icon, the show-stopping <laughs> Mr. Believable, history maker, entertaining, sexy, Peter HBK of Life and Repeat. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> she got a, my wife doesn't even know my nickname. You're Mr. Reliable. Mr. What, what, what did you say, Mr. What was it? I don't know. M- Mr. Believable. Yeah, you're Mr. Believable, too. I believe in you. But Adam, maybe, like, give me the proper. Give it to me. Give it to me. You know them all, including the new ones. I have it. I have it written down. We are here for an Iron Man match face-to-face in Boston. The icon. The showstopper. The main event, the entertaining and sexy Mr. Reliable and history maker himself, Mr. Peter HBK of Life of Repeat. Dude, soon we're going to have to be doing these two-parters. The first part is you just <laughs> going through my list of nicknames. The second part is us talking Raptors. But still Mr. <laughs> I Adam, maybe we have a new nickname, Mr. Believable. Let's, add, let's add it to the list. It's on. It's on. But usually, folks... I am sitting 570 miles away, connected, sitting at my dining room table with headphones on, talking to a computer screen. But now, less than two feet away, I'm across from the man, the myth, the legend, Adam Corsera, south of the six. We have Adam's drinking an old fashioned. I got a sour ale going on. I owed Adam a drink. We had a bet a month ago. Mm. Was it Matt Thomas threes or points? It's uh, cracking double digits. Cracking points. double digits. So, Adam, I squared up with you. <laughs> We're square. We're even there. We are even. We <laughs> but are. here we are, two feet apart, and I could. We're just giving each other a little too sweet there. Too and sweet and before we begin, I, I could, I could look, I could read Adam's mind, and I could tell what he's thinking. What am I thinking? 
you're thinking, damn, I knew he was entertaining. <laughs> but damn, this motherfucker's sexy as fuck. It's the first thing I saw when I walked into the, <laughs> to the hallway. And uh, my wife... She just bailed. She just bailed. <laughs> she bailed. She's doing her own thing. We're, we're live in... Um, Boston. Boston in a luxury yeah. hotel. Adam flew me out first class. Of course. Put me up in a luxury well, no, I hotel. Flew, I flew your wife out. You first. Yes. <laughs> you flew my wife. Back. Actually, that's... <laughs> I, I, I mentioned to Adam, but do we want to tell that story? Yeah. We should tell that story. Yeah, we so time. We have time. So as you know, we're live and in person. We're here in Boston. And Adam and I, we kind of been chatting about this for the last... like since half October, I think. Since October, like... We kind of penciled it in. We kind of knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, his refle- his schedule worked. Hopefully, there was no flight delay. But here we are, live and in person. So when I was booking these flights, maybe like a month ago, me and my wife, we, we sat down. We booked the flights. And my wife was going to take a later flight than me just because of her work schedule. And I was going to fly out in the morning. I flew in this morning with my in-laws. We're here for a wedding. So we booked my ticket and we're going to try to use air miles, maybe get like a reduction in price or something. Right. So we do my ticket first and it's like, oh, it's not really worth it. We're using too many air miles and it's only going to save us like 30 bucks. So I said, screw it. Let me just pay for it myself. So we didn't use any air miles. I booked it myself. So then we go to book my wife's flight. Same departure. She's just taking a flight that's like three, four hours later. Mm. So she can get a chance to get some Z's. She works a pretty hectic schedule when she's on. So she goes ahead, does her thing, puts in the rewards, and her flight's like $86. And then it's like upgrade to first class for $7. Yeah. So my wife flew here. You're welcome. First (laughs) class. While here I'm in the back of like, and on the way home, we're taking the same flight, but my wife will be on the front living the life of luxury, I'll be in the back like some sucker, and my wife's just going to close that first-class curtain on me, and I'm going to be back there by myself. Here's well, not deal. by myself, with no. with all the other people who can't afford to sit up there. The, but other, my, the other have-nots. But my, my wife, as you see, she rolls in luxury, and how, how amazing that she could... I, I, th- I feel like I reference her enough on, That's fine, on this show, so yeah. we made her, her podcast debut with, with uh, the South of the Six here. Hey, it's the more voices, the better. But um, <laughs> how are they treating you? Do they treat you okay coming in? I'll tell you this. Oh, God. I'll tell you this. So we landed here. This is my first interaction with a Bostonian. Never been to Boston. Never been to Boston before. Been to New York multiple times. My wife's from New York. Her family's from New York. Um, So we we get off the plane. We make our way. We're going to order an Uber. So we go to like the the parking clearance area where you can get on like the ride sharing. And so we're there. And I'm like, okay, let me, I want to call an Uber. But you know, I want to use a washroom first. So there's a, there's somebody working there. So I go up to them. I'm like, hey, uh, can you point me to the closest washroom? What the just, fuck's a washroom? <laughs> just stares at me yeah. dead in the face. No yeah. response. Yeah. Like just looking at me. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm thinking, did I say something? I said, out, I said this out loud, right? I right. didn't just think it. So I was like, washroom, bathroom, restroom. Yeah. And then nothing. Really? She just looked at me for like 10 seconds. And then I was like, all right, screw it. Let's go. Really? So that was my welcome to Boston. I just got flat out ghosted by an airport employee. Well, uh, (laughs) allow me to. But Adam's here. Adam's been nothing. uh, Drove, made the hour plus drive here to sit across from me. And this is incredible. Like we're here. We're here, man. We're doing it. We're doing this. But um, allow me to apologize for these fucking Bostonians. Dude, I, for you, I'll do it. For special occasions, I'll do it. I fucking hate driving through Boston. It is the worst. <laughs> it is the fucking worst. Um, but while we're here, 
I come bearing gifts. Oh. So. Um, oh. All right. So we're going to crack these. But uh, I figured, fuck Boston. You can get Boston anything anywhere. You guys have a Boston pizza. We I don't know how Boston accurate pizza. that is to actual Boston pizza. Yeah. Um, but so I brought you some Rhode Island beer. Oh, so, snap. I want to see if you can pronounce this. Some Rhode Island beer. Yeah. Oh, boy. There you go. Look at this. Pronounce that for me if you can. Okay. So I'm looking at a, a, Nara, a Narragansett. Very close. A Narragansett. Narragansett. Okay. Yeah. With the little, the famous Narragansett. Yes. Perfect. And then so, I'm looking at a, a, a high neighbor. Yeah. I have a Ginset. John set. There you go. Gansett. All right. So, so are we gonna, are we gonna pop one of these? Yeah, we'll pop okay. one. But not yet. Not, not yet? yet. Okay. So these are Rhode Island specialty beer. It's it's piss. It's piss poor. Not that I'm trying <laughs> Thanks, to give you Adam. piss poor. I have some better stuff, but this is the taste of Rhode Island. And by piss poor, I mean it's just easier to drink. It's like Bud Light. Um, it's just a lager. Tall boys. You go to Rhode Island, bro. Have a Gansett. Crack a Gansett, kid. Rhode Island beer. This is it. This I'm is ready for your Boston to come out. Oh, I'm it's ready. gonna happen. Um, but. I still have more for the occasion tonight so we can, you know, do the, the Adam Corsair, Peter K thing. Hold on. So these are a beer from Maine. Okay. And the dude from Maine is actually a huge Raptors fan. Wow. Never tried it yet. Okay. We, the North. Yes. A Leeds, Yorkshire, Portland, Maine. He's a huge Raptors fan and okay. he made a lager. Or not a lager, a beer in honor of the Raptors. Yeah. So I figured this would be the occasion to do it. I apologize if it explodes in your face. They were kind of just in the bag. Well, yeah. cheers. Hopefully. Okay. So we need to cheers to this. I've never tasted it. Hopefully it's good. Cheers, brother. Is and I, hey, I don't want to call gimmick infringement, but I feel like I was the first Sorry. person to crack a beer yes. on the South of the Six podcast. Yes. I'm not naming names, but I'm just going to call gimmick infringement. <laughs> On some people cracking a can while they're joining the show with you. I still have more. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so earlier today I asked if you were lactose intolerant. Which I'm not. My wife is, though. Okay. So this is all for you. So in Rhode Island, we have this thing called coffee milk. Everyone's okay. like, what the fuck is coffee milk? I'm curious. You know what chocolate milk is? Mm-hmm. Chocolate syrup, put in the milk, you stir it up. Yep. It's coffee milk. This is autocrat coffee syrup. Oh, my God. This is Rhode Island specialty. All right. So what do I do with this? Same thing as you would do a chocolate milk. You pour milk or you pour this first or you pour the milk first and you mix it up. It tastes like coffee milk. It's coffee flavored milk. It's very good. All right. Well, man, I got the full Rhode yes. Island experience. Yes. The full Massachusetts, Rhode Island, yes. New England. This is amazing, man. So Thank you. If you enjoy the autocrat, yeah. you can get it on Amazon. Okay. And they will ship it to you. Coffee milk. Coffee milk. We have some strange stuff in Canada, but we don't have the coffee milk. So people, milk. I'm going to have it. I'm going to put it, I'm going to tweet it out what I thought. Yeah. And then uh, if anyone else has had the coffee milk, they can weigh in and say I, whether they had a similar experience or not. No one's had it. Highly no one, doubt it. Highly <laughs> doubt it. Okay. Coffee syrup, coffee milk. I'm ready. Let's do it. Coffee milk. I got my We The North beer where... We we're recording Friday evening. We're going to wrap this up. We're going to go watch the Raptors game against Charlotte. Knock on table. Knock yes. on table. Um, I don't know if you heard, Ibaka's questionable. Yes, and so is Norm. But he got. But questionable might play. Okay. They put a might that he could play tonight. Okay. So I don't know. 
and McCall, who's had like the flu for like three weeks, like, should we be concerned about the level of flu this guy has? But hopefully, God willing, he is back tonight. Okay. And I know if you've been on Twitter, you saw Adam and I have a little tete-a-tete. Ah, a little back and forth, a little yeah, feistiness. We had a discussion, had a discussion had a about discussion. Pat McCaw. And Do you what? want to lead into that? Well, let me let, let me let, set the landscape. Let's, okay. So the Raptors right now are 46 and 42 and 16. Second in the Eastern Conference. We're as Peter said, we're recording this Friday night. They're one game up to the Celtics, eight behind the Bucks. Um Yeah. Why don't we take our first break? And then we'll we'll jump into the Patrick McCaw stuff. So we'll be right back and we'll we'll do some Patrick McCaw. Hang tight. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, let's uh, let's kick it off in high gear. Um, you mentioned we were very vocal Ooh. about Patrick McCaw this week. And oh, I thought Adam might greet me with a pedigree and flatten <laughs> me. That's why I brought my wife because. He, if he's going to do something violent to me, we won't do it in front of my wife. Well, she's well, intimidating. <laughs> she is intimidating. You know, she might stun her. Bit. I don't she know. might stutter you. So, yeah. here, and Adam, I see Adam. He's a little. He's covering his chin a little. He doesn't want any sweet chin music. Yeah, I don't want any. sweet chin music. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes out of nowhere. Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to speak entirely for you, but you were coming into the defense of Patrick McCall. Yes. And um, why? All right. So basically, what I think you were trying to say is that you don't think he's deserving of the degree of slander that he's getting on Twitter from people, um, and you think it's a little bit over embellished or both. Um, I've been in a fav- in favor of such slander, um, so this should be an interesting back and forth. We have just about forty minutes to do so, so why don't we try to make this like a ten fifteen minute talk on Patrick McCaw? What do you want to say so we can clear the air about Patrick McCaw? So this is the thing. (laughs) He's a very divisive third rail topic on Twitter. I think we can agree. When he plays. And I think it almost... the The fact that I don't mind Patrick McCaw in the rotation has almost sort of bared out that I'm some Patrick McCaw kind of guy. Like, I, I think he should be playing 30, 40 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think that. He's playing 24 minutes right now. That's a lot of minutes. Too uh, much. Some might say too much. But there's a, we could break down why that might be too sure. much. There's This team has suffered an enormous amount of injuries. Like, I think the fifth most in the league. And the teams that are ahead of them are like the Pistons, the Warriors, the Blazers. Essentially, all teams that aren't in the playoffs. But for some reason, the Raptors have weathered this storm. Third best record in the East, uh, in the in the league. Second best in the East, holding it down one game lead over Boston. So, um, that's a roundabout way of saying. So, I think Patrick McCall. I think his minutes have a sort of injury inflation. So the question is, what? How many minutes should he be playing? That's an interesting question. Whose minutes is he taking away from? That's an interesting question. But, Adam, you know me. I like to do my homework. I don't just like to yeah. to come here and espouse an opinion without any actual facts or yeah, anything. Yeah, so, yeah. you know me in plus minus. I think it's the stupidest fucking stat out okay. there. But you might have listeners who are like, hey, fuck you, Peter K. I love plus minus. It means everything to me. It's right. a thing. So I mean, I'm a not a plus people, minus guy. I want to preface that. I mean, you, you've you said this on the show. You well, yeah. said <laughs> it's, it's just the icing on the cake. It's not the fucking cake. Yes. You yes. Said that. So for those who like plus minus, okay? So 
And let's keep in mind, Pat McCaw's only played 31 games. It's not like he's played every single game. He's battled his own injury. So it's not like sure. he's been in the lineup night in and night out. And so keep this in mind. So out of his 31 games played, 19 of them have been with a positive plus minus. That's a significant chunk. I'm not saying I buy into it. You're shaking your head at me because I know you don't believe plus minus. This is, I'm just addressing the plus minus sure. group here. Yeah, yeah. And then there's people who might say, hey, you know what? Give Matt Thomas. He deserves more minutes. Well, let's, hey, Matt Thomas has played 27 games. In 11 of those games, he's had a positive plus minus. So only in 11 of his 27 games has Matt Thomas had a positive plus minus. So that's like 30% of the games or less, 27% or sure. something. Yeah. 19 out of 31, we're looking at the 60% range. So if you want to go by plus minus, Pat McCaw's your guy. 31 games, 19 of them, plus minus. So then what else I decided to do? I was like, you know, let me, I, I wanted to look at the, the close Raptors games. And by my, so by, and this is how I defined a close Raptors game. The final score was within five, either way, a win or a loss. Mm -hmm. So I used that to define what I thought was a, a close game. And obviously I used my experience of watching the game. If I saw, yeah, the game ended by five, but I know that game, they had like a 20 point lead. Sure. And that five points means nothing. So I used my knowledge of the Raptors as well to yeah. whittle this list down. So I came up with, so I went through the schedule. The Raptors have played four close games by my definition of within five the, most of them they won their record is amazing some of them they lost but they had 14 games where the score was decided by five or less sure could be five could be one could be two so in those 14 games matt thomas played in 10 of them the other four he was inactive he was injured sure. so he's played in every single one of those close games and adam do you know what happens to Patrick McCaw in these close games? I would say sit down, but you're already sitting down. His field goal percentage in these close games is up 3% over his season average. His three-point percentage is up 7.3 percentage points in these close games. Uh, the percentages seem to rise. So his field goal percentage goes up 2.6% during these close games. His three-point percentage goes up 7.3%, and his points per game go up almost two points per game. So my point is, in the close games, I don't think McCaw is as bad as people say. And by all, this is making me seem like I'm some McCaw supporter, which I'm not by any counts. I just have no problem with him being part of the rotation. And like I said, I think his minutes are inflated. And I, I've always said... I think as the season progresses, his minutes per game will decrease. And I, and I, I contribute, this is my own opinion, I contribute sure. it to a bunch of things. The rise of Terrence Davis, no one saw this coming. Mm -hmm. No one saw that at the beginning of the season, he wasn't the Terrence Davis we know now. And there's a little bit of hindsight in this. We just assume the Terrence Davis is now was the Terrence Davis at the beginning of the season. He wasn't. He was picking up DNP CDs at the beginning of the season. So McCaw, uh, Terrence Davis... His minutes are going up every month. So the people who say Terrence Davis should be getting more minutes than McCaw, I agree with you. My personal opinion, I think Nurse is easing Terrence Davis into the role. Still? Still. Hear me out. October, Terrence Davis was playing 7.6 minutes per mm -hmm. game. 
November, he was playing 18 and a half minutes per game. December, similar, 18 and a half minutes per game. January, 15.8. It went down a little, but that was when Nurse benched him. Sure. And that's when Nurse was, I think, trying to send the message to him. Something needed to, yeah. he wanted a little more effort, whatever Nurse wanted to classify that as. February, he's up to 23.1 minutes. So from October to now, his minutes have tripled. Macaw, my reason I was saying Macaw, Macaw's minutes have decreased throughout the year. He started the year at 20 minutes per game. In December, he was at 27.4 when we were at the peak of our injuries. In January, it went down to 23. And in February, he's playing 20 minutes per game. Yeah. So Terrence Davis is getting more minutes per game. And I agree. I think at this point in time, Terrence Davis has earned, keyword here, earned more minutes than McCaw. And I think that will play out. So then the question is, well, why wasn't Terrence Davis playing all these minutes from the get-go? It's simple. Terrence Davis became Terrence Davis four weeks ago? I don't know about that. Four weeks, end of January? Mm-mm. When do you, when do, this, we can debate that. That's totally fine. But I do think he's a rookie. He's undrafted. Sure. You kind of have to see what you have with him. They're not going to throw him out there opening night, play 30 minutes per game. Mm -hmm. And McCaw's been in the league a little bit more. So, you know, let McCaw get his minutes in. Let Terrence Davis earn his minutes, which he has. And you're seeing Terrence Davis' minutes go up. McCaw's minutes go down. And I've never been an advocate that McCaw is better than Terrence Davis. But for some reason, it's been interpreted that I think McCaw's the best player out there. Mm. You can have a debate about Matt Thomas versus Patrick McCaw, which I'd be happy to have with you. I don't want that debate. So in in an ideal situation, I think McCaw, his minutes are inflated, A, due to injuries, and you need another ball handler out there. And Terrence Davis is a rookie, and not only a rookie, he's an undrafted rookie. And in my opinion... I think it's only been a month that Terrence Davis has been the Terrence Davis that we know now, and the minutes allocation has represented that. That was my long-winded way of saying, McCaw's not that bad. No, he's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, I think that's the biggest gripe out of this. Um, I, I think the things that get lost in translation, and I'm guilty of it too, is that I have made comments, and I stand by them, that I trust Matt Thomas in shooting threes and scoring opportunities, even in the mid-range. He does have a little in-between he's working on. He tries to get in there, has that little floater, hasn't fallen as much as I think he he probably wants it to, but he does have that in-between game. Right. Give him that. Matt Thomas is very good off-ball. Very, very good. He runs and runs. And that is what I like. He reminds me of Steph in that way. Not the ability to score, just the ability to move off ball. I think he's very good and very above average in that aspect. Um, When it comes to the defensive aspect, though, and I think this is what gets lost when it comes to Matt Thomas. He's terrible. He's just awful. And I have made that abundantly clear, which is why, respectfully, I was asking you, where do you see the 3 and D? I never saw it. I never saw reports of 3 and D coming into the season. Maybe that was just a misinterpretation on your behalf. It was a misinterpretation. I I guess, and Twitter is obviously a tricky place to have these discussions. And I guess, and I'm doing this on my cell phone as well. I meant the more the prototypical 3 and D player. Like a Danny Green. Like a Danny Green. Sure. Is that unfair? The guy doesn't play defense. Who knows? But maybe that's my expectation of him. But I want to continue. To me, he's more like an IT with a little bit more height. 
he's just a three ball shooter and and maybe he has a little bit of a mid-range game maybe like that's still sort of being developed mm-hmm. as we're seeing um if not it's already developed it's not developed to an nba level um but, but what from, did you what did you make of my McCaw performs better in close games. I want to know how many of those are fourth quarter minutes. How many of those increases are in the fourth quarter? See, that's that I though that you can't get the breakdown of right. that. You, this is my cursor, but that's a very good question. You know, like for me, it's it's not so much that I mind the body; it's the production of the body. And if you're getting 24 minutes, and obviously due to injuries, you're going to have these opportunities available for you to be playing large chunks of minutes that you wouldn't be uh, given otherwise, I think it's fair to be critical of someone that, to the eye test, isn't producing. I don't want potential. I want results. And for me, Terrence Davis, from the preseason, that's why I was saying to you, no, I think it was a little bit earlier. For me, the preseason darling was Terrence Davis. And Terrence Davis was showing flashes. Now, granted, this is preseason. This isn't a barometer that you can use to and, and any objective measure whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But for me, Terrence Davis has been consistently good. He's had bad games, but so has Fred Van Vliet. So has Pascal Siakam. So has Serge Ibaka, case in point, this past week against Milwaukee. Players have bad games, right? But it seems like McCaw isn't moving the needle towards victory, right? And I'm not saying he's costing the team games. He's not. He's not allowing the team to lose because, let's face it, they're not really losing anyway. But for me, it's if you're not improving the squad, put a player in there that I think can improve the squad being Terrence Davis. And also, like case in point, Milwaukee. Was there ever one situation in that game? Down, we lost by, what, 10, 11 points? One situation in that game when you were like, fuck, I really wish we had Pat McCaw in this situation. But, Zero. <laughs> Zero. But the thing is, so that's the, that's the debate. I think I think we're arguing the same thing. I th- like, I've been open that I think McCaw's minutes are more. My argument is I don't think he's as bad as people think. Like, sure. and, and I don't want, like, I th- I'm making this crystal clear. And I don't think I could have made it any more clear. You did, yeah. Terrence Davis deserves more minutes. Sure. He's earned it. He should be the first off the, the bench. I think it's a, pers- a matter of, to me, I felt he became Terrence Davis three, four weeks ago. You might think he sure. became Terrence Davis earlier. So, I, to me, I was happy with Terrence Davis's development. Okay. I like the fact that he earned minutes on a championship caliber team he's yeah. not spoon-fed minutes on a team going nowhere fast mm-hmm. that is incredible and honestly i can't think of another undrafted rookie that had this much impact their first season oh yeah no he's scoring he's putting up more points than van fleet did yeah he's putting up more points than siakam did in siakam's first two seasons right and I, I, I made a mental list. I tweeted it out even. Terrence Davis is a lottery pick. I went through the names, my own personal preference. He would go eight if sure. I did the draft over again. Yeah. You might quibble with me and say, no, I want to, he might go 10th. The point is he's in that top 14. He's a lottery pick. And it's, it's, it's a funny thing because we both agree Terrence Davis should be playing more. Yeah. But I do like how Nurse is handling it. What's the most amount of games that Terrence Davis has played prior to coming in the NBA? 30-something? I don't know how much they play in college. If you feel oh, like it's 30-something, oh, so right? Oh, so not in the Yeah, yes. Right. To, to go into playing 82 games, we're, we're, we're a team that has ambitions of having a 100-game season. You don't want to burn a rookie out his first season. Sure. 
this he's not like a Zion Williamson or a John Morant, like a foundational guy that you can just say, go out and play 30, 35 minutes mm -hmm. and you could impact winning. He's a guy that's probably going to reach his potential in three, four years. And he, he, he could be better than Van Fleet. Like he has that in him. Mm -hmm. He, he's not, he doesn't have that in him now. So I don't mind the fewer minutes. I think it creates a sense of competition for him. And he's responded well to Nurse benching him. Yes. And I do think in the NBA, coaches challenge their rookies, whether fairly or not, just to see their mental makeup. Nurse went to the media and said, Terrence Davis is not playing well. Mm -hmm. What did Terrence Davis say? He's right. And what did Terrence Davis do? Next game, he bombs away, went off, but right? he started. So I, I think Nurse is, and like I said, his minutes go up every month. I expect McCaws to decrease as they have been. Hmm. And I would genuinely like to know what McCaws' minutes would be on a perfectly healthy team. Last year, I think he was playing 16, 17 minutes a game, which to me, that's still like three or four minutes too much. But I do like McCaws, part of the rotation. The job to me of a rotation person is not to, God willing, yes, they impact the game and like Terrence Davis goes off, but it's also to like not bleed points when Lowry and Van Fleet aren't on the floor. Mm -hmm. So that's how, I, and I'm totally fine with McCaw doing that. And I guess I don't see these deficiencies. I kind of enjoy McCaw out there. He's very creative. I like that Nurse has empowered him. Might as well see what he has. We know what we have as a championship makeup team. So the question then is, to me, what's the ideal amount of minutes for McCaw? And is anything that I, and I, I, can, I can spew out all my stats that tell you that McCaw's this and McCaw's that. But if you don't, if you're not a McCaw guy, they're not going to do anything right. for you, right? So that's the point. And, and I, I just don't think McCaw is deserving of the vitriol that he's, he's had. Right. So it, it's, it's a weird thing where I'm defending McCaw, but I'm also saying, yeah, he's playing too many minutes. But guys, he's not that bad. No, he, I, I, then this is a situation to agree to disagree because I don't even think he's going to get playoff minutes. I don't <laughs> think – I really don't. I, I, no. Given he, a fully oh, healthy he, team. He, the only – the only way he should be getting playoff minutes is if garbage. the game garbage time or the game's got out of hand and Nurse is just trying to throw shit at the wall, see what sure. happens, yeah. throw a funky lineup mm -hmm. out there. And I also think Matt Thomas. He I I, I don't minutes. I don't expect him to play in playoff minutes. And going back to the the fourteen games I listed where they were within five, um, those are games that I personally picked because I I remembered them and they, those sure. were games that were tight. Sure. And. The McCaw got an ample opportunity in there and his numbers went up. And I also, for those who, who want to say Matt Thomas deserved those, deserves more minutes than McCaw. I don't know that anybody's saying that. I'm not going to argue if you want. That's a, to me, that's a personal preference if you want sure. Matt Thomas out there. I have no issue with McCaw. I think he's a solid defender. I think he's a capable playmaker. He's made some pretty nifty passes, I must say. Sure, he makes the, the odd blip. He juggles the ball, but who yeah. doesn't? I think there's a heightened tension around him where if Serge Ibaka did that, we'd kind of be like, okay, but Serge Ibaka obviously has a different pedigree, so we, we obviously weigh that differently. But in those same 14 games that I mentioned to you where McCaw, his percentages go up, his points go up in these, these, these tight games. Whether he didn't play in the fourth or not, the point is he's, he's exceeded his usual production in games where we needed more production. Mm -hmm. So I think whether that came in the first, second, third, or fourth, he played above his weight class in these close games. So I think it's important to keep that in mind. And in those same games... 
I wanted to take a look at Matt Thomas's stats. For those people, not you, I'm not saying you, I'm the larger Twitterverse who... Sure. Who I just want, want to make this clear. I do not think Matt Thomas should be getting substantial minutes. I just want to make that clear. I'm just covering all the bases. Sure, Because somebody sure. might be saying, fuck you, Peter. I understand. But Matt Thomas is better than McCaw. And I think people have even told me that on Twitter. I, I don't necessarily <laughs> disagree. But I'm not... Wait, to, to fuck me? <laughs> no, no. I don't necessarily disagree that Matt Thomas shouldn't be playing more than Patrick McCaw, but I'm not convinced that as an overall player, Patrick McCaw is worse than Matt Thomas or you know, vice versa. Fair enough. So in those same 14 games, I was curious, how did Matt Thomas do? Sure. How did Matt Thomas do? So he played in seven of them, mm-hmm. meaning he didn't see the floor in half of them. To be fair, two of those games he were injured. The rest he got DMP CD'd. Okay. So we all know, we Twitter made had some fun with him going off against Indiana, drilled five threes in a game they were up 40. It's, it's, it's a little bit easier to hit your threes when your team's up 40 than when it's a one or two possession game with the defender in your jersey. So, they blew up for Milwaukee too. Pardon? They blew up against Milwaukee too. So hear me out. Sure. This includes the Milwaukee okay. game. Right. Okay. I, I, I don't discriminate. Okay. So... In those same 14 games where Matt Thomas played seven, I think Matt Thomas has a, like I said about McCaw's minutes, he's got an injury inflation in his minutes, maybe 25% injury inflation. I think Matt Thomas's numbers have a garbage time inflation. I'd be curious as to what Matt Thomas's numbers are when we're playing a quality team with the game. It went down to the wire. He doesn't play. He doesn't. He he has played in some of them. Oh, really? He's gotten some minutes. So Matt Thomas in these games where... The outcome could have gone either way. These 14 games, his field goal percentage goes down 4.6%. His three-point percentage goes down 7.1%. So there's still good numbers, but I'm just saying, when the game's on the line, it's easy to go five of seven when you got a 40-point cushion than it is to go two of six when the game's on the line. But how many of those minutes are fourth quarter minutes? But games aren't always just decided in the fourth quarter. I think for the Toronto Raptors, they are. I think there's a fair case to be made that the, for the Toronto Raptors, the game isn't completely out of hand or in hand until the fourth. I Here I'll say this. The Milwaukee game, where was that game won? The game that just Third happened. Third quarter. To me, sure. it was the close of the second quarter when they went on that 11-1 oh, yeah, run. Yeah, and to be within two. To be within it? two. Yeah. So I do think the momentum of a game can change. It's not necessarily up to the fourth quarter. I always say this. Typically. It, 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 it reminds me of the base, this baseball analogy, and I'm sure you, not analogy, but this saying where it's like, you don't win the pennant in April, but you can lose you it can in lose April. It, right. You can't win the game in the first and second quarter, but you can lose it. A three here helps. A three there helps. So whenever you're playing in these games where it's nip and tuck, I put value on that. I'm curious how people perform in those things. No, Matt Thomas isn't there in the fourth quarter because first-year player. I don't think he's earned many fourth quarter minutes yet. So my point is I can spew all these numbers. If you're a McCaw guy, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Rock on, Peter. If you're not a McCaw guy, you're like, trash, I don't care. So my point is, McCaw, keep doing you, man. I hope you're playing tonight. (laughs) And you, if... If he plays tonight and for some reason drops a buzzer beater to win the game, this isn't going to happen. But I'm putting this out there. If it does, 
I'm going to, I want everyone on Twitter to raise your hand and line up for a sweet chin music for me. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Whether I, tonight or at any future. But, it, but again, it makes me a Matt Thomas because I don't, it, the only reason I defend him is because I don't think he's as bad as people think. You're talking about McCaw. But, McCaw, sorry, not Matt Thomas. Yeah. My apologies. But that's the point. I don't think we're going to reach common ground. And I know you, Adam, you're a smart guy. I, I, you're, you know Raptors more than anyone or just about anyone. He's no, not I'm a not. smart guy. No, Adam <laughs> knows what he's talking about. And Adam says he's not a McCaw guy. And I hope if you've listened to me on here before, you follow me on Twitter, or you've read my stuff, you're like, you know, Peter K, he's a pretty smart guy too. He is. The fact that Adam thinks one thing and I think another thing. It's okay. It's okay, people. Sure. It doesn't mean McCaw's trash unless Adam's telling you he's trash. And to me, I think he's a functional part of the rotation. These are all things that we could agree to disagree on. So should I, you know, since we disagree, I should pack up my shit and leave. Right? Like, <laughs> no, my point is, is that like, I don't even necessarily care about macaw i know I i've been i feel like i've been forced to care about macaw <laughs> I and i don't want to care. i don't but like what bothers me is that the the instant reaction in the defense not you people have made when i connor and i have made that uh episode entitled mcnaw the first thing they went to was the plus minus well he's a plus seven he's a plus <laughs> well, who seven are is this like laser dick four three seven on twitter screw know, them but, like, screw that, but it's true but they were like plus seven and i'm like dude that, that doesn't no, tell me anything. It doesn't mean anything. Plus, I know there's people who advocate for it, and, and there are people who, who, I, who I think are knowledgeable, and I respect their opinion, Sure, but right? that's never the, the whole it's picture. No, it, it, it just brings me back to, this is my issue with plus minus. Sure. I'll get to it. Is this Kyle game one? This is Kyle game one. <laughs> horrible. Horrible. Zero points. I was in the building, Adam. Plus 11. People were, Adam, you, honestly, I've never been in a building where there was so... It was like people would have picked Lowry up and drove him to the airport and shipped him off. So this is like now we have all the Lowry truthers, mm-hmm. right? Where if you if you look at if you even like the hint of the smallest bit of criticism about Lowry, someone's dropping the gif of Lowry holding the trophy in your sure. replies, right? Sure. So this is what picks, pisses me off about plus minus. And this I chirped into and I and I hope it was always taken as joking. I'm like plus minus, blah blah I blah. I wouldn't be here. Because the point is we can't pick and choose who plus minus is good for. Sure. That was my only crux. And I was I I was trying to be jokey with that. Some oh, people yeah, took yeah, that yeah. as yeah. me like genuinely defending him. Yeah. I was trying to make a joke of it. But you know, I personally I don't believe in plus minus, but we can't if you do believe in plus minus and you don't believe in plus minus, you can't pick and choose which player it, it impacts is right, my point. Right. And my like the whole reason why I brought that to the attention is that that was the first of all plus minus uh, plus 7. It's not even that impressive. No, <laughs> like, it's I'm, nothing. It's, this is like, plus I'm not minus, even impressed. Like we, we've had this discussion after that game 1. I think we I was on your pod. Was I Yes, I feel yeah, like we you had said that, it's yeah. not the fucking cake. It's just like, the icing on the cake. Plus minus, you could be a plus seven. That could be because you were subbed in. Your team was down seven. You went on a nice little run just because that's the rhythm of the game. And then you're a plus, you get substituted out. McCall was a plus seven with two points. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that, this is not, that doesn't tell me anything. Where, no. Like, and that was why I was illustrating to the Matt Thomas stat. Because first of all, like, I felt like the plus 22 was a lot more uh, substantial and had a lot more ground with, I think it was five of seven from three. So that's 15 points right there. To me, that's a little bit more yeah. impressive. I'd rather, you know, bank on that. And that's why I was saying, 
When's the last time Patrick McCall, all you plus minus truthers, was a plus 22? Never. Never. So if we're going to just base the defense, not you, people that are basing the defense on plus minus, him being a plus seven, I'm sorry, you're going to have to do better. And that is why I tweeted out. I said, you need to give me, not you, Peter, I'm saying the operative people that defend McCall, you need to give me more than he was a plus seven. Give me more than that. I need more substance because that's not giving me And that's fair. I respect that. That's all. That's but that's my only. Gripe. We can agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if look, if Nick Nurse wants to play him, who the fuck am I to say don't play him, Nick Nurse? Like I had my issues with Nick Nurse not calling timeouts last year. He cleaned it up. To me, he cleaned it up. Yeah. He's calling appropriately timed timeouts. Personally, I think so. Now, maybe you're right. Maybe now that Terrence Davis is playing a little bit better and. You know, he, he's been unlocked and Patrick McCall hasn't been playing. Maybe now the the momentum has swayed towards Terrence Davis's favor. I certainly hope so. I think overall he is a better player, I think. Oh, he is. And I I don't, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. No, 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 no. I think at the, if in a competitive playoff game, assuming no garbage time, assuming we're not getting blown out and Nurse has to, like I said, go funky, right? To sure. find something. I think we have our eight-man rotation pretty much set. We have our starting, this is assuming full health. We have our starting lineup, and then you got Ibaka, Norm, go and Terrence. I would go the opposite. I go Gasol, uh, Norm. And I just Terrence. meant the truth. Okay, sure. you flip it. I have no issue. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. my point is, those are the eight guys we're going to ride with. That's all I want to see. The only time we should see Matt Thomas, we're down like 20, and we need him to do what he did against Milwaukee in the second sure. quarter and just have a two minute flurry where he catches fire. Right? Or, you know what I mean? Like, that's the only time I think these players should play. McCaw, we're up 30 in the fourth quarter against Orlando in game four. McCaw should get some run, right? It makes sense. I agree. This should be a solid eight-man rotation. And maybe if you want... I'm starting to warm up to Boucher. If you want to throw him a couple minutes in the playoffs, I'd be fine with it. I'm not not there yet with Boucher, but, like, I know a lot of people are. Um, But, look, we... we, I think we, we hammered this. I think, you know, anybody that... Don't hate on the Patrick McCall thing too much where it gets personal. And I'm not trying to like point fingers. I'm not saying anybody necessarily did. This is stuff that like it's just it's just a player comp. That's all we're doing is player comp between Matt Thomas and TD to Patrick McCall. Patrick McCall, he probably won't even be on this fucking team next year. <laughs> so let's just not worry about it because Terrence Davis will be on this team. Oh yeah. Pat um uh sorry, Matt Thomas is contracted to be on this team next year. We'll see. We'll see what happens, yeah. but like they're not minus Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas, and Patrick McCall. They're really not that impactful. And I want to say one, one final thing sure. on Terrence Davis that I've been incredibly impressed with, and he's almost from a cut from a different mold than Fred Van Fee and Kyle Lowry. Like sure. those two guys, they don't rely on their athleticism, right? They rely on sort of their craftiness, their finesse, uh, their yeah. finesse, right? Terrence Davis has a degree of athleticism that Van Fleet and Lowry don't have that I wasn't prepared for. Yeah. So I do think Terrence Davis's ceiling could be could be pretty interesting. He's fearless. He's fearless, right? So th- th- that's the athleticism can carry him yeah. very very far. I I am very curious not just year 1 Terrence Davis like I said I can't think of another undrafted rookie that had this kind of impact his mm. first year. This is unheralded unprecedented sure i'm excited for year two year three year four like this is what van fleet's fourth year and he's already averaging 18 points a game terrence davis is having a better rookie year than van fleet so where can terrence davis be in four years like and who says you need to tank 
in you know, order to find these guys. Who says you need a first round pick? Who says you need a first round pick, man? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take another break. We'll be right back. We'll talk about the Bucks game. Hang tight. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> So that was brutal, that Bucks game. Um, I'm not panicking. I'm not mostly because maybe I'm alone in this situation, but I was never uh, a believer that the Bucks and don't shoot me Raptors fans here, but I was never a believer that the Bucks weren't going to get out of the Eastern Conference. I still believe they're going to go to the finals. I, I've sort of maintained that since the preseason. Not saying that it's impossible that the Raptors can't, Obviously, they have a shot, and I do think the Raptors can beat the Bucks. I just think if I'm looking at the teams on paper, the home court advantage that the Bucks are going to have, um, to me, and you don't have uh, an adequate closer. We noticed that this past Tuesday. Um, I just think typically if the team with the best player in the East is on that team, that team's going to advance. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, and... Adam hating on the Raptors right here. <laughs> Everyone in his replies. Yo, I'm wearing my Raptors J's here. Come on now. Like. And I got my Raptors championship <laughs> socks on. <laughs> no. We're well equipped. Any, yes. In a, if we were fortunate enough to play Milwaukee in a conference finals, they would be the, the clear, clear favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I give us a puncher's chance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And... And that's because this this championship that we won, like I, we, it, it's given these guys swagger. Like, if almost like, especially Kyle Lowry, like there was always sort of rumblings that he was in his head about sort of his playoff shortcomings, mm. that he took them really, really bad, and that it like almost impacted his play. And I know people don't want to hear that, but that that was the, that those there, there's rumblings of that. Yeah. It's facts, right? Like we can't. We can't we can't pretend Lowry's past didn't happen, right? Like, was he is he, was he as bad as his detractors said he was? No, that's what I was gonna say. Was he as good as the Lowry truthers say? No, he's had disappointing playoffs, and we have your podcast to prove sure. that we were incredibly disappointed that we wanted more from him. We wanted him to play in the regular season the way he did in the playoffs. Yeah. And this is sort of this is a tangent, but this is sort of. By feeling on it. We've almost tried to erase Lowry's past. Anytime someone mentioned it, it's just, nope, Lowry's world champ. Lowry's world champ. Nope, 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 never happened. He was always great in the playoffs. That's doing him a disservice. We're not telling his story properly. That, to me, is what made his championship so much better. Because we saw him struggle. We saw him like get swept out of the playoffs. We saw him underperform. That when he finally said... Fuck it, and closed out game six with 21 six points and yeah. just bombs away in that first quarter. That's why we celebrated because we went through all the suffering with him. Mm-hmm. And this is what annoys me. We we're trying to white, like, we're trying to clear that history. Nope, Lowry never underperformed. Lowry's no, no. To me, that's his story. We can't rob him of his story because that's what makes the championship mean so much more that we stuck with him. He struggled. Like I tell you, I like I said, I was at that game one against the Magic. There was so much angry pe- anger. People were booing Lowry. Yeah. And now those same people are on Twitter saying, nope, never doubted Lowry. Never doubt him again. He's the man, never been. You're doing Lowry a disservice. This is what made the championship sweeter. We saw him suffer. We saw him struggle. We saw him put in the work. And he finally won that title. And now he's 
playing with a confidence like he gives zero fucks this is a different kyle lowry this is a kyle lowry unburdened of expectations this is a kyle lowry that has been to the mountaintop he knows what it's like and he's playing like he's not second guessing himself how many playoff games where lowry didn't have it going and we're like lowry stop hesitating stop hot potatoing it yeah. he doesn't do that anymore or less frequently sure but this and, is still the regular season but this is my point it's okay to say lowry struggled yeah he's but he hit the mountaintop to say no Lowry was always good does him a disservice sure. we need to tell his full story it's the equivalent of I'll give you an analogy uh, we could say DeMar to me is the perfect perfect analogy or I'll give you a real life analogy sure say I, uh, I'm going for my, my driving test okay sure. yeah, yeah I went for the first time I failed hey Adam you know I failed on my driving test I'm going to study harder I'm going to do it I take it the second time. Oh, I, I got closer, but I didn't make it. You know, like, I'm almost there. I'm going to do it. I, I'm going to put in the extra work. The third time, hey, Adam, I got my driver's license. Isn't that amazing? You're like, yeah, man, I know it is. I know how hard you struggled. Third time to get it. And then later on that night, you see me talking to someone. And you're like, hey, how, you've got your driver's license. Yeah. Um, how many tries did it take? Oh, one. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> That's what we're doing with Kyle Lowry. A little bit. Tell his story because there's nothing to be ashamed of. Most players struggle. Like, it's hard to win a championship. Right. To me, the success is in the struggle. Well, Am I you, wrong? You, no, you're not wrong. But I think what people do is they respond to the over-embellished slander of Kyle Lowry in the playoffs. I get it all the time here. Um, you know, when we talk about the Raptors in the playoffs and how, you know, me being a shit stirrer, I'll say, like, oh, they'll wipe the floor with Boston. I don't necessarily believe that. Actually, I do. But like I, I'm, I'm here. I'm saying it in enemy territory. I know I'm wearing this, a Raptors shirt here. That's I'm, true. When I went to, because we're gonna go watch the game at a bar. When I meant to make the reservation, I told them I'm a big Raptors fan, and the girl's like, "This is Celtic country." Yeah, so I'm saying. <laughs> but then they don't care because they, don't, they were friendly. You're not Lakers. Um, but for me, it's just like, you know, they'll say playoff Lowry, and and I immediately get defensive because I say, "Have you even looked?" Like, do you know what his numbers are? Like, and I'll read them, playoff totals, obviously. Like, we're talking about a long period of time here of Kyle Lowry in the playoffs. And I'm like, they're not great, but they're slightly above average at best. At best, they're slightly above average. And uh, to me, it's just like, that's not bad. It, the, my point is, it's not bad. It's not worthy of saying playoff Lowry, playoff whatever. It's not. If anything, we could say playoff DeRozan, if anything. Because Kyle Lowry wasn't benched the last game in Cleveland. No. Uh, in Cleveland, right? Yeah. yeah, it was in Cleveland. But and, to say Lowry's not bad because this guy was bad. Sure, I'm not. But I'm fall, saying, yeah. like, we have more evidence to back up other former Raptors to be bad in the playoffs than Kyle Lowry. Right now, current Raptors, sure, he's probably historically had bad I could say worse playoff performances than anybody else on the team I think that's fair but at the same time I'm I don't think he's nearly as bad as people say he is I don't I don't think he shifts the games one way or the other no. maybe like, game six he did like, maybe like I say like I said like he's not as bad as people have made him out to be when, during these moments where we the seasons where we expected more and sure. it didn't happen he wasn't as bad as people said He's not as good as we're trying to make him out to be. He's not a superstar. No. In in the playoffs, he's not a, he's not a game changer in the playoffs minus game 6. This is why I'm excited for this playoff run because I feel like he's unburdened. He's already got the hardware. That and 
I'm I'm blown away at the season he's having. Like right. I did not see this coming. Like to me, and tell me if like this is to my eye. He's he looks more explosive than ever. He looks more determined. He looks more determined. He doesn't hesitate. He he's like conducting a, he's conducting a symphony out there. Like he's setting the tone. He's setting the tone. For sure. And this is a different. This is a different Lowry. This is yes, it's. The no, Lowry I, we've seen, but I think there's like a 25% confidence boost in him yes. that wasn't there before. And this is why, and I and I see it with Fred Van Fleet. I see it with every single player that was on this championship team that they got, I say 25% as if that I can measure this sort of thing, sure, right? Yeah, yeah. My point is there's an increased confidence level that I think is palpable. Whether you're, whether you're watching at home, whether you're wa- in the arena. Ostensibly. Th- it's yes. Like, yeah. It's like this unquantifiable thing that I think this team has. And this is why, like, this is why I think we're exceeding expectations as well, because we know who we are. We've been playing together in terms of like structure, the core of the team um, f- for a handful of years now. And I think this title just did wonders for them that I'm not ruling out anything in these playoffs. Like, sure. But I think the most important thing with the playoffs is, and this is redundant, everyone knows this, is getting the second seed versus getting the third seed. Has to be the second seed. This is, we're not saying anything new because if you get that third seed, that's a murderer's row. You're going to go up against uh, Philly or Indiana, maybe Miami if they keep slipping. That's a tough matchup. Yeah. Then you're going to move on to the next round. You're going to go to Boston. Boston. Then you're going to go to Milwaukee. And I'm just, if you get out of Boston. If you get out of Boston. And then if you get out of Milwaukee, you're going somewhere else. You're probably going to L.A. You're probably going to L.A., right? But if you get that second seed, you're going to play Brooklyn. You're going to play Orlando. We can handle that. Yeah, yeah. You get to the, second, you get to the next round. Instead of going to Boston, Boston's coming here. And mm-hmm. we know what home court means in that particular matchup. Like, Minus Christmas. Minus Christmas. <laughs> but then we, we, we got revenge by going in there and taking yeah. it. So screw that. I'm wearing my Raptors Celtics Christmas yes. Day shirt. Yes. But my point is taken, though, that against Boston, you want to have home court. Mm-hmm. And I'm not breaking any news here by saying, yes, yeah, second seed is better. But this is an incredible. I, I can't remember a back half of the season like this ever. Mm. Like, and I'm sure there's recency bias and someone, hey, well, you know, in 2015, <laughs> For sure. which could be right. But I'm glued to every game. Because we just got to, we're not catching Milwaukee. I, I appreciate the optimism we're on Twitter. I love it. I support any type of no. Raptors homerism. And, but no. I'm going to shut that. That's not happening. That wasn't happening for like a month. Yeah. Maybe even longer. Like, But the point is, this, the race for the second seed is going to be incredible. Right down to the wire. And because it means so much, because the East is so stacked. Yeah. One to six. The great thing, uh, first of all, it's 645. I don't know what you want to do. We have dinner reservations. We're talking to this live, right? Um, now. We can wrap it up. I I feel like we have some momentum. Okay, let's keep it going. All right, I, so I, I'm doing this for the listeners. That's fine. No, 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 that's fine. That, We're I, sa- I, I I did give the restaurant a heads up. We might be there at seven. That's fine. That's perfectly <laughs> fine. Um, and I'm not editing any of that out because this, it's, it's an organic. Podcast. See, me and Adam were putting the list his listeners right. ahead of uh, the Raptors game yeah, tonight. Yeah, that's yeah. how much we love you guys. Yeah, that's it. Um. When it comes to Kyle Lowry, this is the first time that's been his team. Think about it. Like the previous years, you could say that he was, in hindsight, you could say maybe he was better or more important than DeRozan. In hindsight, maybe at the time we were thinking DeRozan was the best player on the team. We were trying to give DeRozan, uh, you know, uh, 
first team NBA status. We are trying. Like we we've had discussions. It's in audio. It's happened, and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm no, not trying to. But like, I do think like a certain percentage of that was us willing it to be sure, true. Sure, sure, but. Maybe uh, unbeknownst to us, or maybe you know, blind from us, was that Kyle Lowry was the key, the cog in, in this wheel the whole time. I don't know. Um, my point is, is that this is the first time he's ever been a leader on the team, and being a leader on this team, he has set the tone that we're not doing load management, we're not resting, we're playing. And I remember the game after the All Star break; it was against Phoenix. He we crushed him, right? We, whatever, but. Jack Armstrong, who I, his, you know, insight, I trust, noted on the broadcast, or it might have been Matt, I'm not sure, but noted on the broadcast saying, Kyle Lowry said, I don't want any of this post-All-Star bullshit. We're playing. We're playing like it's a playoff game. And they played with fight. They played with determination. They played with energy. That's Kyle Lowry. That's no one else. And I'm not saying that no one else is capable of bringing that out of them. I'm just saying Kyle Lowry sets the tone for this team. Oh, that that's... He's a leader. You're he's the de facto right. leader, right? Yeah, now. he he's he's the leader, and I didn't even like. I have to I have to be honest. I didn't not, and I'm not saying I didn't that that I didn't know it, but when Giannis during the draft articulated that, like, oh, Lowry's such a great locker room yeah. leader. Like, yeah. Giannis doesn't know that. Butler said it too. Someone is. T- who told Giannis this? Yeah, right, right, right. Like, you know, like, see, these guys aren't in the locker rooms with these guys. Like, that has to transfer word of mouth. That's why I was like... For sure. I, I kind of half-jokingly said, Siakam's been talking to Giannis about Lowry. That's what I'm saying. Like, right? who on Milwaukee is a former Raptor? No one. Yeah. No one. Exactly, right? So, so like, no one can relay that. No, but you're right. The, this team is... This is Lowry's team. He, and it, it, it's clear that... Backseat is the wrong word, but he he accommodated Kawhi. He he allowed Kawhi to be the man. On Accentuated, this team. Kawhi. It, yes. <laughs> but now this is this is Lowry. Like, did I? Th- he's he's averaging close to or more than twenty points per game in his age thirty four season. Yeah. The only other player doing that that old is LeBron, mm-hmm. right? Like that's incredible, and. Everyone's like, oh, we got to worry about th- this. Is another this is a pet peeve of mine in the NBA. Anytime someone turns like 28, 29, oh, we got to worry about that next contract. It's like, who cares? Well, I care. I do about Kyle Lowry. I do. I, I, I don't. I think Lowry can maintain this for at least two more seasons. It's not what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the holdout again. See, that didn't get a lot of coverage. I know. People don't want to talk about That's that. That's why we're doing it. And <laughs> this is what I'll say I don't want to name names. This is, Adam can cut this if this is too controversial. No, I'm not going to cut anything. This is why I don't read Raptors beat writers. Sure. They don't have a vested interest in covering the team. They have a vested interest in keeping their job. They have a vested interest in covering the team to the team's liking. Sure. Or you say anything critical. Yeah, you know what? That interview you wanted with OG can't happen today. Sorry, Well, man. Kyle Lowry's a pit bull and he'll say, you, I don't want to talk to you. Exactly. This is why I like, and I use, you coined the term perfectly the independent media. Mm. We are, we praise our Raptors. We're homers, but we're not scared to say the things that are a little bit critical. Patrick <laughs> Matt Thomas. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but that's my point. I can't read Raptors beat writers because it's, to me, it's the fi- It's propaganda. I need to go to independent. Some of it is. Fair enough. When you get like the profile pieces from like national writers, they'll dig a little into sort of like, that's think, how we kind of found out about Lowry being maybe lacking a little 
bit of mental toughness in sure. the past playoffs. That's how we learned it. We didn't learn it through the people covering the team for Toronto. Sure. Right? So this is why I'm a big proponent of independent media. And this is why you guys listen to the South of the Six. This is why you guys occasionally click on my articles to read or anybody that's been a guest on Adam's podcast. Like you should be checking their content, whether they're producing podcasts, whether they're writing something. Because to me, that's the truest form of Raptors coverage. And I'm not just saying that because I have skin in the game. I genuinely believe it. It's because you're in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clout to run you out of town. Um, but no, first of all, I appreciate that. Second of all, like that, uh, you know, bringing it back to, you know, the the Raptors as they are right now and Kyle Lowry and, you know, setting the tone for this team right now. I like their chances in the playoffs. I like it because of the tone that Kyle Lowry set. I don't fear injuries. I don't fear fatigue. Not anymore. Especially with the way Nick Nurse staggers his team and the way he can sort of, you know, finesse lineups and be really uh what's the word I'm looking for? He he's very um experimental with his lineups. And this this was actually um displayed against Milwaukee, tying it back to Milwaukee. Um Nick Nurse before the game mentioned something and shout out to my friend Matt on Twitter that DM me this. Nick Nurse said, hey, we're, I'm paraphrasing. We're not going to, you know, show our full hand. We're, I'm paraphrasing that. He said, um, we're just going to try some things, make see if they work. And if they do, cool. If they don't, we'll, we'll try something else in the playoffs. Whereas Bud was saying, this is what we got. Like yeah. th th what you see is what you get. We're not doing anything no. new from now until the playoffs. You're absolutely it. right. The way it goes back to last year and it's this season, they, we know their cards. Yeah. They're holding two queens at the blackjack table, yeah. right? That's a tough hand to beat. It's beatable. Yeah. But it's a tough hand to beat. Sure. Nurse, <laughs> this is why we love him. Because Dwayne Casey was so set in his ways. He wrote his guys. Damari Carroll. Damari Carroll. <laughs> Nick Nurse isn't scared to get funky. And this is what this we could even bring this back to McCall if we want. Sure. He's not scared to get funky. So if we want to say McCall nurse get funky do weird things experiment then we can't be criticizing him so much about playing mccall the time mm. maybe 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 sure <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna get there but, but that's yeah. the thing i like nurse doesn't he might have a he might be holding a queen and an ace on the blackjack table but he's not going to show you that until he needs to mm -hmm. and this is what i respect about him and a Milwaukee's beaten us twice this year. Am I surprised? No, but we, we've we hung it. I think the first game they had a huge lead and we kind of stormed back and made it somewhat competitive at the end if my memory serves me right. Sure. We this, did this past game. We did this past game. We were down six. We didn't have Marc Gasol. We, and th this sounds like injury. This sounds like excuses, but we didn't have notorious Bucks killer Norman Powell That's there. Right. So... We hung in there. I'm not going to read too much into this loss. If we go up against Milwaukee in the playoffs, am I going to like say, you know, we're the favorites, we're going to win? No, 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 no. Like if I were to assign it a percentage, I'd give us like a 15 to 20% chance. And I don't think that's disrespectful to the Raptors. That's, I think I'm being respectful of Giannis. I'm being respectful of home court advantage. I'm being respectful of what they're capable of, but we know what they're capable of. Nurse, he's going to have some tricks up his sleeve. And even in playoff series, he didn't go to Kawhi on Giannis until game three or four. He doesn't sweat like a quarter. He doesn't sweat a half. He doesn't even sweat a game. Like he realizes you don't, just because you beat us twice, you didn't eliminate us. Right. It's the first team to four. This is a war of attrition. And this is the whole thing in 
the American media, they go up to nothing and everyone's like, they won. It's like, no, they just held serve. Like, yeah. It was an overreaction to the point of where it's like, do you believe this or you just feel the need to say this, right? right? And this goes back to like the whole thing. Like this is why people, you should avoid like this mainstream media unless it's like a well-respected name like a Zach Lowe, a Jackie McMullen, right? Like, and this is why you should get your info from like independent media because we tell it like it is. We might not have the, the clout yet as these other people, but I think we tell a better truth. Mm. Uh, something closer to the truth than what other people are talking about. So do I think we could beat Milwaukee? I wouldn't bet on it, but I wouldn't bet against it. No. So to your point about the independent media, before we move on, um, I think the the thing that works in our advantage, and again, this is no disrespect to anybody that does, and the off chance that you're listening to this podcast, no disrespect to anybody that works for conglomerates, um, we have no skin in the game. I'm not getting paid for this. No, they have to. They report to people. Right. They, they, I, we get it. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not employed by the Raptors or the NBA or Bleacher Report or the Score. Name, pick your poison. I'm not employed by. I'm doing this in my basement on a normal basis. Right now, I'm doing this in a gold except trim for hotel. In the, yeah. a luxury hotel is, right now. Yeah, this is this, this is, is all that life and repeat T-shirt. Money. Oh yeah, no, no doubt. Like I'm, I'm just happy to be here. But when it comes to being independent. I do think that there is some quality to the notion that we're not afraid to say what is in front of us. And I do think like you see it a lot, not to shift focus to the Blue Jays, but you do see it a lot in like them trying to bury stuff under the dirt and saying it's not nearly as bad as you think it is. I think this is partly one of the reasons why you stopped watching them and you gave up on them that and they're not really reinvesting into their team. I get it. But Tying it back to the Raptors, when it comes to what is going on right now, I'll be the first to say and admit that I just personally seeing what the Bucks have done. Yes, we it's unfair to really evaluate this Raptors team without a Marcus Hall, without a Norman Powell. We're not fully healthy. So to say that like, oh, Milwaukee's going to be the clear cut favorites, I'm not there yet to say like it's not a four game sweep. I don't believe that at all. I don't. And I don't believe that if we played Boston, that the Raptors would be a four-game sweep over Boston. I'm not there yet either because Jason Tatum's been playing lights out. I think calling back to what you said, that the, the East is so incredibly close with those like four or five teams that we're talking about. They really are. And come playoff times, like you have different elements that you can pick and choose from. Giannis being the best player in the East, that makes the Bucks, in my eyes, the favorites to get out of there. Raptors with the championship pedigree and the leadership under Lowry. Jason Tatum taking the step up. But seriously, though, like in terms of the Celtics, there's really not a lot of playoff experience there. And especially their like mainstay, Kemba Walker, who has zero playoff experience. So like I'm not totally buying into that. But the Miami Heat, I've said this before, much to the dismay of a lot of Raptors fans, I love Jimmy Butler. I really do. And I think he's a killer. And there's something about him in the playoffs. We saw it last year in Philadelphia. He has ice in his veins. And he'll shift the momentum if need be. And he can really take over and capitalize the game. No, you're absolutely right. That whole Philly series. like, How do you like the Narragansett, by the way? Pardon? How do you like the Narragansett? <laughs> this is nice. This yeah, is it's nice. piss poor. Okay. <laughs> um, the, that, let's go back to that Philly series. Sure. Like... Um, <laughs> You're absolutely right about Jimmy Butler. He was the lone guy unafraid. Yeah. And that game seven, he 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 forced the issue. He made that clo- he he was part of that storming back in that yeah. fourth. He, he tied the game yes. before Kawhi yes. won it. If my memory serves me right, um, 
And I'll say this, any time Ben Simmons was on the court, and I'm not trying to disrespect him, I'm just telling you how I felt. I was saying, thank God Ben Simmons is on the court. Well, he was neutralized by Kawhi. Yeah, and that means something. The yeah. only player on Philadelphia that I was scared of was Jimmy yes. Butler. Yes. And he's not there anymore. And so your point is well taken. So yeah, Miami with Jimmy Butler. And Bam. And Bam. They could be the two best players in a series, right? This is why a health is going to be so important. Home court is going to be so important. We know how good Toronto is at home court. Miami is even better at home, right? So these, this, this is why even a game like tonight against Charlotte that should be a gimme, should be a layup, it means something. Yeah. Because Boston's playing tonight. No, no, they're playing tomorrow, tomorrow. against yeah. Houston, right? Yep. So we lose. They they win. We're tied. We're they locked. got the tiebreaker yep. right now. They go past us. Like Every game counts at this point. And we do see Nurse sort of being a little bit patient. We see it with him with Gasol. He doesn't want to re-aggravate it. He's probably keeping him out a bit longer than he wants. Like He's got that sort of big picture view where... The Raptors didn't really sweat having to go into Milwaukee in the conference finals. They sure. felt that they could hang. But your point is well taken. Like, there's no reason. Like, I honestly can see all any combination of these six top East teams being in the quarter in the semifinals. Like, yeah. it's that wide open. And this why this playoff is going to be so much fun. Yeah. Like that's what, it goes back to what I was saying. Two seed is vital. Every game until the end of this season is vital because Boston is not going to take its foot off the pedal. They want the second seed just as much as we do. Right. So this is why this back half of the season, every game is going to be so important. And it's going to be also, it's what makes this so important is that we're playing like, yes, we, we're guaranteed home court. I don't, we're not guaranteed, but we're going to have home court in the first round. For sure. We're making the playoffs. That isn't the question, we're not right? The fifth. So these games matter. Mm -hmm. These are almost playoff type games games even when you're going up against the lesser team because the lesser team's just playing to get their young guys out there we're playing to like stay in the two seat yeah so i do think these reps right now will pay off and this whole season has been an exercise in pascal siakam realizing his superstar powers like we didn't know he had them in that this in him right we hoped he did like in my mind Siakam, yeah, he's going to be good. He'll be our go-to guy. But Siakam has established himself as a like a bona fide top 10 player. And every game he gets better. Is he going to close games perfectly? No, but that's part of the learning process. This is his first year as a superstar. So I can't wait to see Siakam in the playoffs as the focal player point yeah because pascal siakam what he's what how many points did he average his first season like three two point six whatever yeah my point is expect the unexpected with pascal siakam like if we're in the finals in june i'm not going to be surprised okay all right well for me it's just fun that the uh the raptors celtics heat we're all fighting for the intercontinental title that's basically what we're doing, right? Exactly, and, and, right? You know, you and Razor Ramon had a lot of uh, a lot of great ladder matches for the Intercontinental <laughs> Title. Um, so with that, uh, let's just let's just wrap it up after this break with a two sweet moment of the week and predictions, and we'll head out and we'll watch that game. Hang tight. This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
Before we get to the two sweet moment of the week, we did have a user question. Peter, you have it up. Why don't you go ahead? So this is from uh, Calgary Championship Raptors fans. His Twitter handle is YYC Raptors fans. This is my boy, Thomas in Calgary. Shout out. Thomas, how's it going, man? Uh, so he, and I, I got a special place for you, Thomas, in, in my heart, just so you know. You were the first ever person to buy a Life in Repeat t-shirt. Holy shit. So Thomas, if you're listening to this, you need another shirt. It's on me. Slide into my DMs. I'm going to ship it to you and actually while i'm here if any of adam's listeners are feeling frisky and they want their own life in repeat t-shirt the first two people to slide into my dms i'm going to ship it to you free your own free t-shirt there's a couple of caveats though um how you have to be in the canada or united states i'm sorry sure um i'm almost out of shirts guys i have like maybe one medium a couple larges a couple xl so you got to be in that size range and sorry, ladies, I'm out of my women's tees. Ooh. I've sold them all. The Heartbreak Kid has a large female following. What can I say? So, but hey, even if you wanted a medium, larger XL shirt and you're a female, hit me up. Get it. We'll get it to you. First two people slide into my DMs. I'll ship you a free life and repeat t-shirt. But yo, should yo, we get to yo, Thomas's hold on, question? Hold on. You use promo code South of the Six. You pay double. <laughs> you pay double. <laughs> so slide into my DMs. First two people, I'll ship sure. you a free shirt. Yeah. So Thomas... Much love to you, man. You bought the first ever one. Much respect. Thank you for your support. So this is what he asked. He said, can't wait for the live podcast. I want to hear your takes on the possibility of signing Surge in the offseason. If the Raptors do better than the Eastern Conference final this year, would you consider running it back, even if it meant potentially messing cap flexibility in 2021? It can't. It can't because I'd run him back for a year. I'd do one year. One year? That I, it would be non-negotiable. One year. So that's the that's the debate. If it, if someone it. wants Sabaka, he's had a great year. They want to give him three or four years. See, ya. <sighs> you're an aging asset man. Like we're talking about, like to use Connor Chambers' phrase, we're using asset management. Although he has been pivotal for this team and has had a fantastic year, um, I want to take my chances into that 2021 free agency class. I really do. Damn. Damn, Adam, you make some good points. And this is a, a legit tough question, but I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, even if we don't make it to the Easter Conference Finals, or even if we don't make it to the finals, I'm more than comfortable. And you could offer Surge the one year. He might get three or four year offers somewhere else. Um, I'm even I'm even fine with giving him a large one year. One year, 20, 20, 20 25 yeah. million. Just because A, it's an asset. It's a large asset that maybe you move mid-season or not. Because then A, we if he signs the one-year deal, if, this is an if, because some team might offer him three or four and he might just want the money and the sure. security. And I can't fault him for that. No one can. But if we offer him one year, 20 million, we retain his bird rights for the 2021 offseason. So it could be a little, maybe a little handshake deal. Hey, Abaka, take this one-year deal. We'll bring you back, sign you to three or four because yes. we'll go over the cap yes. to sign you. We'll maintain your bird rights. Um, but I, I honestly, it, it's a good question. These are good problems to have essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I do think the the Thomas, uh, I, I do think that um, one-year bust, that, that w- I agree with Adam that that would be my offer because I do think there's a little smoke um, where there's some smoke, there's flame stuff with this Giannis stuff. And and we might get the answer to that question actually this offseason. If if Giannis signs the Supermax, then everything's off the table, off right? The table. So then we, we could approach uh, Ibaka Gasol's free agency maybe a little bit differently at that point. But I think we'll learn a lot this summer. And if um, 
if Giannis signs five years or whatever he signs with the Bucks, it's a moot point then, right? We, we evaluate differently. But my big concern with the Giannis stuff is if he doesn't sign the Supermax, that sends some smoke signals out. Hey, into free agency. hey, hey. But the Bucks might not want to risk that. This is my one big fear with that could blow up our Giannis plans. The Philadelphia 76ers offer the Bucks Ben Simmons and a bunch of other stuff for Giannis. Goes, plays with Joel Embiid, has a ball in Philadelphia for that year, and then signs long-term in Philly. Why would they do that? They're in first. But if, if Giannis, I'm just saying, if Giannis doesn't sign. I still wouldn't do that because you win a championship, you try to sway him. Fair enough. You know, I'm just like saying, it's the same thing as Kawhi. Like you just, yeah, you, try you know, to you ride it out. But you know, I'm not going to rule out that possibility yeah, no, that can't. that Philadelphia makes some sort of Godfather offer with Ben Simmons involved. Yeah, that that gives me a little bit of pause. The, I'm not saying that'll happen, but it's something in the back of my head. Sure, sure. The only player that I would give a max to right now is Fred, and I know that's much to the dismay, maybe controversial take from Raptors fans. I think he's earned it. I don't think it's going to be uh, to the detriment of any 2021 plans. I think we'll be fine. I think at that point, if it means getting Giannis, I think MLSC will be happy to go into the tax. I'm not worried about that. Um, Next year, I'm not willing to give Kyle an extension. I'm not willing to give Gasol an extension. I'm not willing to give a Bach extension more than a year. I'm not. I'm not. And like, if Kyle wants an extension and he's not going to play, he's going to sit out, sit. Sit like I'm. I'm not playing these games with you anymore, dude. Like that's it. Yeah. Like this. We 2020. I at some point, and Masai is not a stupid person. At some point, you have to look at the longevity of your team. Exactly. And just in case people don't know what Adam and I are referencing, because it's not covered by the mainstream media, Lowry was willing to sit out this as long as he could until Masai extended him. Yes. This is not opinion. This is fact. No, it's, it's he was going to sit. Out. Yes. Does that mean Adam and I like Kyle Lowry less or think anything less of him as a player? No, but that's a truth. It's, yeah. And we that needs to be part of the discussion of Lowry. Yeah. So if he if he wants to threaten to hold out and to sit out, then sorry, dude, sit out. Like I'm I'm not even sorry. But um hey, uh breaking news. And actually we we could skip the two sweet moment of the week and just get into predictions, but breaking news, uh I think the two sweet moment of the week is is us getting together. is us getting together yeah. and i'll also say this it was matt thomas going off second quarter against the bucks and it was five for seven it was whatever the hell got into boucher yes triples dunks drawing charges yes uh that filthy uh dunk he had so we, we got it all covered we got the matt thomas with flame shooting out of his head boucher playing like like a, a Giannis inhabited like Zion. him, like Zion yeah. inhabited him yeah. for a moment, and Adam and I sitting less than two feet apart here. That's right, um, two sweeting each other. Too on the That's South the of the Six uh, podcast. Um, so I referenced my buddy Matt. He just sent me a message again. Ibaka and Fred VanVleet are out tonight against Charlotte. Norm is starting. Norm is back. Norm is back. Okay. Yes. And do we have an update on Macaw's flu situation? Uh, <laughs> I don't think we do. I don't think it matters. Oh, damn it. I think this is a wager against, um, let's rest some bones up before the West Coast trip. This is a, a little overconfidence. I, I feel like they think they can handle Charlotte. Will I look stupid when people listen to this? Probably. Well, a lot of people I'll are look stupid anyways. No people are being bought out of Charlotte. Right? So, like, so, they don't even want to be there. So let's hope we, we handle business. And um, But Norm's back. That's incredible. That's yes. great news. According to Matt, if I'm wrong, Matt, 
I'm sorry. Matt, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, but Norm, he... Well, let me look. I want to say a few words about Norm, though. Um, he... What, what, everything that we wanted Norm to be, he was. Yes. And then, unfortunately, he, he fractured his finger. Yeah. So... Is he going to be Norm tonight? Who knows? Might take Norm a game is or two. starting. Norm is starting, folks. This is... Or uh, Fred. Instead of Fred. Instead right. of Fred. Okay. That's incredible. Norm's coming back. Gasol's there. Um, I'm, I don't know why... Gasol's not playing. But I mean, I meant Gasol's return is eminent. Yes, Sorry, I yes. should say. Um, and let's hope this Van Fleet thing is just more like... Uh, Shoulder, yeah. Let's, let's be a little more safe than sorry. We got a five-game, five four-game... Anyways, we're heading out on the West Coast. So mm-hmm. that's what, without really knowing anything, that's what I'm going to say that is, that they feel pretty confident they can handle Charlotte. I feel confident they can handle Charlotte. Um, it's going to be a boring game. I hope so. I think so. I hope so. All I right. love stress-free games. Let's go to predictions and we'll, we'll call it a game and we can head in over and watch it. Uh, Sunday at Denver, they are seven of their last 10. This begins the <sighs> West Coast swing. Don't mean to end this on a bad note. I'm calling this a nil. Oh, man. They're good. Denver's good. Denver's a tough place to play. And we're talking about these injuries right now. This is one of those things where I want me and Adam to be wrong, but my rational brain says that that might be an L. Yeah. Jokic without Gasol will be a problem. Yes. Yes. Very true. um, Tuesday at Phoenix, it's a dub. Phoenix F4, their last 10. They explode. It's a dub. And Kelly Oubre's out for the season, too, so they lose a bit of of scoring. There you go. So it's just Booker. Yeah. Okay. Um, Thursday at Golden State. I don't care that Curry's back. They're two of their last 10. Dub. We should win that one. Okay. All right. Well, look. Here we are in Boston. Um, We are way late for our dinner reservation that you made, but I don't think it's going to be a problem. Um, you said you don't like to eat during Raptors games. I can't eat during Raptors well, games. Well, um, you're going to watch me eat during Raptors <laughs> <laughs> games. You can watch me drink during Raptors games. Um, I just can't. I, 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 I understand. My stomach. I, it's all good. I, this is how much I love the Raptors. That's, that's all we, good. We all have different reactions to these um, things. I do want to say that I'm glad we were able to do this. I, I apologize to not only you, but to other people that have been banking on me coming up to Toronto. It's not for, due to a lack of trying. It's... When you have a daughter that's almost two, when you have a, a house that is constantly in need of repairs, um, just general wear and tear of the house. It's it just, it's as soon as my wife and I have the funds to do something, something else happens in the house. So um, that being said, I'm, we're doing our best to try to find a way to get up to Toronto sooner rather than later. But Peter, I'm glad you and your wife and of course your family are here in Boston. You're going to enjoy, as you mentioned at the top of the show, a wedding. I wasn't going to say it in previous episodes because I respect your privacy, as you know. But um, now that that being said, you said there's going to be uh, an open bar. Have at it, man, and enjoy yourself <laughs> in Boston. Like Right now, you are in a contained environment where nothing bad can happen. Because the worst that can happen is they just send you back to your room. Exactly. Really. And I got to... Um, Adam lives in Coventry, Rhode Island. That's right, yeah. He got in his car, hour plus on the road. Yeah. I appreciate that. Of course. Um, This is incredible. I always have an amazing time when I come on the pod. Via Skype. (laughs) Via Skype. And I can tell you guys, who those of you who haven't met Adam, Adam is exactly what he sounds like on the radio. He's incredibly (laughs) humble. He's incredibly generous. He's an incredibly good father, good cool. wife, Thanks, an amazing Raptors fan. Good husband. And, uh, did I leave that out? Oh, <laughs> you said good wife. Good wife. He's a good. 
Well, I don't know what they get to get up to. Maybe he tries some clothes on. I'm a good wife. <laughs> I'll tell my wife I'm a good wife. It's this damn Rhode Island beer. It's terrible. I'm <laughs> it's telling terrible. you. But no, Adam, this wasn't easy for him to get here. So this is awesome. Sure. And I, I told Adam, and I'm going to put it out here so people can hold me to it. If it's Raptors, if it's Boston, I'm coming here. Adam and I will do another in we'll person. We're going to watch the game. We're going to go watch the game now. And yeah. You have something to say? Well, you got to give me my usual like. All right. Tell well, us where we can find yeah, you. Why don't you. Why don't you plug your stuff? Good. Well, um, my Twitter handle's at life in repeat. Um, my website is lifeinrepeat.com. So check out my work. Give me a follow. We're I'm always chatting Raptors, and I'm happy to chat with people. And this is an incredible Raptors season. And I got to say, I love this Raptors Twitter community. I enjoy logging on and interacting with these, these, these people. I don't think any other fan base has this. So anyone who's liked a tweet, commented on a tweet, or I've had back and forth with, much respect to you. This is so much fun. Raptors Twitter. And I think my wife gave me a new nickname. Did I hear that correctly? So... <laughs> Adam, I'm signing off. This is the main event. This is the icon, the show stopper, Mr. Reliable, the history maker, Mr. Believable, yeah. the entertaining and sexy Peter HBK of Life and Repeat. Now hit my music. I think I'm key. I know I'm sexy. I've got the looks. The drives are cool while I've got the mood. I said chill Up and down there fine I'm just a sexy boy I'm not your boy toy I'm just a sexy boy Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Raptors. I'm not sure.